This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, welcome back. I'm so glad that you're listening. It is September and pumpkin spice is finally out. That's right. Kids are back in school. The routine is happening. And of course, I get sick. There are germs out there as well. So I won't be doing a lot of talking because I'm stuffy, but I do want to share an interview with you today of a church planner friend of mine, Esteban Valenzuela. Now, my family and I were uh, last year in Madrid, Spain, as we got to be a part of sort of their launch team to sort of go to their second service and see their church uh, just get birth, the gospel go forth, and uh, God is doing a great work through uh, them and in that family, the V tribe. And so um, I, I just talking about as we were, we've been talking about faith, I wanted to, to get some hands on and do an interview of a guy that's practicing faith. Our church has been closely connected to this missionary family, this church planning family, as we've been supporting them for uh, a year or two now and been doing monthly FaceTime chats and encouraging them, coaching them, pray with them, and just having a friendship in the gospel. Um, and so it's interesting because actually as I record this episode, the Valenzuela family are actually here in Florida uh, and they just had the opportunity to share at our church. And it was just such a blessing to be able to see their faith up close, to see all that God has done and his faithfulness in their lives. And uh, just excited to share with you this interview that I talked with my friend Esteban about taking ventures of faith. So I hope that you enjoy it. Hey everyone, I am here in Madrid, Spain with my good friend Esteban. Esteban, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how we know each other? Uh, well, we met each other at a church planting intensive in Southern California, about 15 minutes from my home, uh, back in 2011. And so, yeah, we've known each other for about six years now, and uh, both of us have kind of been on a church planting adventure, uh, dis, you know, a long distance from each other, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, been about six years. And as far as our church planting adventures, I am in Delray Beach, Florida. Uh, what brought you to Madrid, Spain? The call of God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there are so many doors needed to be opened for us to get here, but God began to call us in 2010 uh, in a time of suffering and... God put it on our hearts. He led us through five years of preparation, finally opening doors. We sold all of our stuff, and in 2015, we we launched out to Spain, and we haven't been back since. That's awesome. So our church uh, has just supported Esteban and the work here with him, him, his wife, his whole family, and the team. And um, I thought it'd be great to interview him about faith and talk about that because as church planners step out, it definitely seems like God gives us a grace of faith, an extra measure of faith to do the things that He's called us to do. Uh, looking back on it, it seems sort of crazy, the steps that church planners take, but it's not crazy, and we want to talk to you about this today. What does it look like to actually implement the vision, the mission that God has given you through the lens of faith? And so, uh, Esteban, how would you define faith? You know, God is uh, a God who engages in covenant relationship, and He speaks. And through an intense time of suffering, all we had was God's promises, you know? 
And so he would speak, we would listen, and then we would have to wait. But we, we still took steps, you know, in the direction of life and service as we waited. And so faith is, you know, understanding God's plan or will or God speaking to you. And then, you know, even though you don't see it, even though you don't see it like you do a door that you're going to put your hand on and open or a set of steps you're going to step up towards to get to the top, you begin to move. You begin to yeah. act. And sometimes faith is in your heart. It's a position where you're like, okay, I'm going to believe that God has spoke this to me. I'm going to believe that he's leading me. And this is what he has for me. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, our strategy at church has always been listen to God and obey. <laughs> Just faith, simple trust. And um, I know that's played a huge role in our church plan. What about in your church plan? How has faith played a role in your life? as you're moving forward to just plant this church here in Madrid, Spain? Yeah, um, before we left the States, um, God showed me, you know, just the issues I had with trust and with unbelief. Hmm. And he led me through that, you know, and um, he helped me to understand that, that was going on in my own heart. And so uh, he's taught me some things. It's not something I've learned perfectly, but I've begun to understand it. And so for us being here, um, we were living outside of the city for about a year and a half. And then before that in Mallorca, each step of faith was moving us closer to the call of God in Madrid. And so faith was continuing forward, knowing that this is not the place and that God has something on the horizon for us. And that took finances, that took moving our kids two times. And you always see obstacles. There's always obstacles or enemies or challenges. But, you know, faith has been like Joshua and Caleb, you know. There may be giants in the land. There may be this, that, or the other. But if God is with us, you know, then these obstacles are nothing. And so it's just this understanding that, God is with us, for us. He is our rear guard. He goes before us, and He's called us. So we're going to keep on moving forward. Yeah, I think sometimes we could sometimes think that God is cruel because He's asking us to do things that we have no idea how they're going to turn out. Um, and the reality is the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Why do you think God uses this thing called faith and trust in Him to further his mission, to have us listen to him, to have us obey him. Um, how does that just play out in ministry? Just simply um, trusting him and moving his mission forward. Yeah. I think as people, we want to find our security in things, you know. Um, we may not think it. Again, it's one of those things that God showed me in my own heart when I had unbelief. But I also found my security in the things that I felt I could touch and hold and control. Mm -hmm. And really, God calls us to something that's outside of our control. It's in the realm of, you know, the spiritual kingdom of God. And, and so, you know, we calculate every day, you know, with a million tasks that we do. I brush my teeth. I, you know, put water on the, on the stove to make, uh, to make coffee. I do this, that, and the other. And we know that we do something and we get a result. But God is operating outside of those calculations and he gets all the glory. So it's God saying, look, I've engaged you in a relationship and check it out. I want you to be a part of this. 
but it's not going to be like every other task in your life. You're going to have to lean on me and I'm going to show you and I'm going to teach you every step of the way. And even with money, you know, if, if God had given me a big pile of cash when we came out here, I said, yeah, I trust God. But in the back of my mind, in that place in my heart, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in what I can do with this money. Oh, I can do this. I can do that. Yeah. Well, God wants us to be in this place where it's like, God, I can't do anything. And I'm here and I'm waiting for you. You know, and so he gets the glory. It's, it's all him and that's what he's called us to. Yeah, it seems like for faith in my life, when I step out in faith and I trust God more, it just makes me just just see his beauty even more, you know, to actually depend on him, to know him in greater ways. And so um, I don't think that God tells us to do something without us understanding because he's cruel. I actually think when he tells us to do something, it's for our own good, mm-hmm. for his glory. And so it's an amazing thing as a leader to walk by faith. And what would you say are some practical ways that us as leaders, pastors, church leaders, church planners, can practically continue to build uh, our faith in God and continue to move forward and trust God for greater and greater and greater things. Yeah. Um, You know, oftentimes there is things that maybe we can do out of our own resource, people that we can contact, you know, start a campaign to, to raise money, you know, and God allows us to have lean times. He allows us to just be completely dependent upon Him. And we're contingent creatures. God has just created us to be in need of, of something outside of ourselves. And, um, you know, so every step of the way, just praying and seeking God, you know, there's not um, uh, a... Um, like a, a regiment that's completely unknown. It's, hey, seek God, pray, wait, you know, step out in faith when you know you have to step out in faith. But, you know, just trusting God with those things, you know, and, and trying to discern between a work of the flesh and a work of the spirit, you know, uh, submitting those areas of your life and ministry that, um, you know, maybe at times you can put your hands to, but maybe God might be saying, look, just wait upon me, you know? And so um, I think, you know, just uh, submitting everything to God daily, you know, and to, um, you know, to pray about those steps that you take, you know, and be willing to just wait on, wait on God, you know? Can I go out and start a campaign on this, that, or the other, and try and raise funds or do this or that. Maybe I could, and maybe it would produce something, but God, I believe, wants me to just look to Him and wait upon Him, and that's really what puts me in that place of faith. Yeah. So we know that we're to be seeking God daily and doing that through prayer, through the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing of the Word of God. And so when we're doing that, um, how have you handled disappointment and maybe expectations, not in God's word, but in your own ambition. Because you said it's a, it's a hard thing to discern between like your, your flesh and the spirit. And how have you handled when God has said no to your prayers? Or you've had to wait for things that you know God has called you to do? <clears throat> yeah, I... Um... 
you know, you see God's kindness in so many ways, and you remember those things. You know that God has led you out of the wilderness, out of Egypt, <clears throat> and into this place that he's called you to. You think about, um, you know, the Israelites. They always recounted. God would always remind them, look, I'm the Lord your God that led you out of Egypt. Like, that is said over and over and over in the Old Testament. And so, you know, I have to look back and rely on God's goodness that I've experienced because I'm human, you know, and then look to his word, look at the gospel and understand Jesus has paid for my sins. He's brought me into a relationship with him because it's easy to get upset. It is easy to, to get frustrated and say, God, you know, I thought it was going to be like this. I thought it was going to be like that. And so, you know, ultimately, you God is just revealing to you what's in your own heart. And it's being real. It's being okay when you have expected something that God didn't promise you and saying, okay, God, I'm sorry for that, you know, and to be okay with understanding what you were expecting when God was calling you. And then when you actually get here and say, oh, well, I thought we would have been here or there by now. So it's just this matter of submission, this matter of, oh man, I thought we were just going to plant a Calvary Chapel here in Madrid and it was just going to explode and boom. Well, you know, God is still working in the city. God is still working in my heart. And um, and so it's just this, you know, this thing of submission, of surrender, and understanding, God, it's your thing, you know? Mm-hmm. What's leading to that? When was the last time that you realized you were hoping in something that God necessarily didn't promise? Or you had an expectation personally, and then it didn't come forward, or God said no? What... How did you deal with that? How did you move forward? Uh, maybe if you can give a story of one of those examples and then what you did practically um, from God saying, nope, it's not going to be this. It's going to be this. Yeah. I, um, I think that we can often be, as church planters and maybe in other parts of ministry, be like water. We just kind of go the path of least resistance, you know? And sometimes that path is other ministry opportunities, other people, other situations, other, you know, other organizations. And there's always these thoughts, okay, God, maybe you're going to do it like this. So I'm going to go do this over here. Maybe you're going to do it with that person. Or maybe you're opening up this door. And, um, you know, there's been situations where I was really shocked at how uh, people on the mission field, um, uh, we were treated by them. And so, um, you know, it was hard because, you know, here it's relationships, it's situations with um, other ministries, and it's, it blows you away when, you know, there's just these things that happen with, you know, quote-unquote Christians. And, you know, you kind of lick your wounds, you go back to God, you know, praying through Scripture has been one of the things that has absolutely been a lifeline for me as a missionary and as a servant of God. It's just grabbing a chapter in the Bible and just praying through it and crying out to God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you're going to get hurt. You're going to feel frustration. And, you know, ultimately you have to realize, you know, what part of you you brought into an equation and expectation and, and what God is actually doing in reality. And uh, one of my, you know, my, my good friend, my, my pastor uh, from California, you know, he really modeled, modeled a cool aspect of Christianity in waiting on God 
And so I'm reminded, you know, continually that, you know, God has called me at times to wait upon him. Yeah. And as, as leaders, what would you tell other leaders um, that are serving the Lord, that are out front, that are, how would they just continue to cultivate their faith? What are some ways that you've cultivated your faith and have you seen and you would tell other people, other people that are even following you to, what are the practical ways to cultivate your faith, to trust God more? I think sometimes the nature of the work that we're doing is just automatically cultivating faith because we're in a place where we're so dependent on God. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here with my family and my kids, and it's like daily I have to trust God for their safety, for their protection, you know? And, and, and you know, in a place like Madrid, we can't work because we have missionary visas. And so God has put us in this place where it's like, okay, like... You know, we're going to step out in faith and get an apartment where we feel we should be. And so taking steps of faith puts us in the position where we don't always see how God is going to work it out or the, or the finances that are going to be there. But it's like, okay, so taking, taking continual steps of faith, moving forward in the calling, I believe has always kept us in this place of just being dependent, being that contingent creature just needing God to work, needing God to come through. And then, you know, just acts of obedience and trust, you know. Sometimes, um, you know, you just got to do things because, you know, God has just called you to do them. So, yeah, I think there's a part of it that's just the nature of where we're at and who we are that really cultivates that naturally and automatically and and by default. But, um, you know, then taking steps of faith, continuing to move forward and looking at what God has called you to, being reminded of that call and saying, okay, where am I at? Where do I need to be? And what would you say to some church leader right now who's been trusting God for a while? They know it's a promise from God, um, but they just haven't received that answer yet. Yeah. Um, Be faithful where you're at. Um, Point your life in that direction. You know, if you are at the point where you know it's time to execute on some steps, then start taking steps. But if you feel like taking those next steps of execution have not really been made clear, or it's not a particular time, then just point your life in that direction. You know, um, say, okay, well, you know, if we're here in, in the States and we're called to some other country, well... We don't know how and when, but we're going to start not buying anything else. We're going to, we're going to start doing, doing language school. We're going to start doing this or that or the other to prepare you for what's ahead. And, you know, uh, love the people around you. Continue serving Jesus in the local church and, and let leaders and the people around you just speak into your life. And find that balance between obediently waiting on God versus... Uh, actively taking steps of faith. Yeah. Um, and you want to hear from God's word, always, always from the Bible, always. Uh, any last words of advice or counsel that when it comes to this subject of leadership and just faith? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about Israel and I was thinking about um, how, you know, all the tribes had their inheritance, you know, they had their land. And, um, but the, the, the Levites, they didn't have any, any land that was theirs, you know, and we know that God was their inheritance. And, you know, as people, as a family, 
You know, you want those things. Hey, I want a piece of land so I can cultivate some crops and I can put my hands to work and I can, um, and I can get that fulfillment of producing for my family and making money or doing this, that, or the other, or, or just having that hope and that promise of, of what that land is going to bring you year in and year out for the future or for your kids, you know, and, and just be encouraged that, um, God wants us in that place of trusting him. He is our inheritance. Jesus is our prize. And we do want to lean on things. And we will lean on things when we can put our hands to them in ways of like fulfillment and work and producing. But God's called us to be in this place where we work with our hands, but we don't necessarily see the production where we... Uh, are leaving things behind where we don't have that inheritance like the world has or like other people have, but it is God who is our inheritance. And just like he has in the past, just brought joy from you being his, he will bring more joy and satisfaction and hope in, in moving forward that he is our prize and our inheritance. Just like the Levites, we get to be you know, priests and, and, and um, a royal priesthood and a royal generation of, of people that serve God. And so keep serving. Keep serving and just um, live by faith, even when you can't see it. Um, you know, keep sowing seed. God is going to provide for your needs, and you will see fruit. Just keep on sowing and keep on doing faithfully what God has called you to do. And being in that place of not having your trust or fulfillment in anything in this world um, is a is a great thing, uh, you know. And it's always a process because I'm not a, I'm not there, but you know, you get glimpses of just being in that place. So it's sweet, you know. We're we're like the Levites. Yeah. We've got God. Yeah, praise the Lord. And you know, we do need each other. And so, uh, Esteban, what is just contact information that people could find you at, whether it be Facebook or your blog or the church info so they could just maybe even contact you and just pray for you and the work here in Madrid. Yeah. If you search for Calvary Chapel Madrid, um, you'll find it. You'll find us on Facebook. Um, we also, the, the name of our church is uh, Raices Madrid, um, Roots of Redemption Madrid. And um, and so you can find those things on the web, uh, on Instagram as well, on Facebook. Uh, we also have a church website and a blog called uh, vtribeforjesus.com that's V like Valenzuela tribe and then the number four jesus.com you can find information see videos and send us a message there and both my wife and I are on Facebook and on Instagram awesome well man we appreciate your time we appreciate you taking those steps of faith it's been a pleasure being able to partner with you and I just can't wait to see how God continues to take us from faith to faith together so God bless you guys and uh, continue to be praying for my friend here in Madrid, Spain, Esteban, his wife Tiffany, and their whole family, the V-Tribe family. Well, today we're making an international podcast, okay? I wanted to get our community not just with thought leaders around America, but around the world. And so it was great being able to interview uh, Esteban in Madrid, Spain. And I also asked for um, a pastor friend, Joel Turner, to share, and he is from Canada. And yes, 
Canada is a whole different thing than the United States, but they're so friendly and we love them so much. And so Joel Turner serves actually at Calvary Chapel, Mountain Springs in Calvary, uh, Canada. And he has actually take the step of faith in this new role of being an evangelist, um, and traveling a lot. Uh, he still serves at his church when he's there, but he's about gone half the time encouraging uh, churches and strengthening them and training them and just speaking all over the place. And so he's going to share with us today about faith, and I know that you're going to be blessed. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com, a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. There's a story about a monastery in Europe perched high on a cliff, several hundred feet in the air. And the only way to reach the monastery was to be suspended in a basket, which was pulled to the top by several monks who pulled and tugged with all their strength. Obviously the ride up the steep cliff in that basket was terrifying. One tourist got exceedingly nervous about halfway up as he noticed that the rope which he was suspended from was both old and frayed. With trembling voice, he asked the monk who's riding up in the basket with him, how often did they change the rope? The monk thought for a moment, paused, and then he answered, well, whenever it breaks. Some of you, when you think about God and faith, you would say, well, the connection between him and me is broken, or it's frayed, or it's non-existent, and I get that. When you think of the word faith, what do you think of? See, the Greek word for faith, it's a cool word. It's the word pistis, and it's often translated a strong persuasion in the same direction or towards something. This same word is used some 550 times in the Bible, and it constitutes the most frequent instruction or command found in the New Testament. Here's how scripture defines it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. I love that verse. Picture, if you will, this Bible for a second. Having the substance of something that I'm hoped for is actually reaching out and grabbing it before I hold it. And then it's knowing that I have the evidence of something I previously didn't see. Now this phrase is so cool, things not seen. It's more literally rendered in the original language, things not yet seen. See, faith, friends, is the substance of what you know is coming your way, even though it's not yet seen. It's not wishful thinking. No, um, based upon the word of God, it's like this. Faith says, whether I see it presently, whether I understand it intellectually, or experience it immediately, I know what God says he'll do. He will do it. And so when Jesus got into the boat with the disciples, we have this cool account in Matthew 8, he didn't look at them and say, guys, come on, there's a storm coming. Let's all sing together. No, even though the storm was coming and he knew it, here's his words. He said, let's go to the other side. I love that. When the storm did hit, did they say, oh, well, he promised he'd get us there. Did they remember that? No, just like us, they're freaking out. They're just thinking they're going to die. And just like us, when we're faced with a storm, they had no hope in the moment. And like the bucket illustration, what happens is to us, we're freaking when we should be seeking the very one who's right there. We're tripping when we should be trusting and we're crying when we should be relying on the one who sits in the boat and is going through the storm with us. Now, my name is Joel Turner and I'm so excited to bring this message to you because what I find often is a lot of people will say, well, Joel, you know, I don't really feel like faith when I'm in a storm and I get it. Neither do I. I usually sort of hit this 
you know, fetal position and just bear down and hang on for dear life. But this whole message kind of hit me is that Jesus said to them and us, oh, you of little faith. That's his way of reminding us, just like he told them, that he'll get us to the other side, that he's good on his word, that you can trust him. Oh, you can't trust your feelings, but you can trust him and have faith in him. You may not feel it, but you can faith it. In other words, faith it till you make it. Friends, remember, your faith is only as strong as the object of your faith. It's not your great faith in God. It's your faith in a great God. 1 Timothy 1.11, I'll leave you with this, says, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. I love that. In the Greek, the words committed to my trust give us the word entrusted or to put faith in. Wow. Think about that. God actually puts his faith in us, in you. It's mind-blowing. The question I leave you with is, have you put your faith in him? Are you trusting him with your life today? And if you trusted him in your storm right now, are you ready to faith it till you make it? Thanks and God bless. Well, along with this podcast, we have a website with more resources, eeleaders.com. And my heart for you is really to encourage and equip you as a church leader to do the things God has called you to do. So on the website, you can actually watch these individual videos, read the blogs, uh, and so many other things. And once a month, I try to recommend a book to us as a community that um, would just be good in sort of what we're learning. And this month's recommended book is by Larry Osborne called Sticky Teams. I thought this would be a great book for us to focus on because we've been talking a lot about faith the last few episodes, but we don't do our faith alone. We do it in community. See, our faith in God brings us in fellowship, not only with Him, but with others. And this is a huge, huge blessing. And so we're going to be focusing in the next few episodes on teamwork and having a team approach and just being able to work with teams. And so a couple of quotes for you just to whet your appetite for you to get a feel for sticky teams. He says, sticky teams know how to deal with the issues at hand and still come out united in purpose and vision. He also says, getting everyone on the same page is one of the most difficult and important roles of leadership. Man, that's so good. The primary role of a board will always be the same, to determine God's will and then see it, see that it is carried out. Finally, he says, leadership is not an academic subject. It is an art and a skill that's best learned in a hands-on environment. And so, you know this as a leader. You need to continue to grow. Uh, leadership is an art. It's, it, we, there's principles, but man, you have to apply it to your context and practice those things out. And um, if you're going to be a leader for any time soon, one of the ways that we practice our leadership out is not just by ourselves, but hands-on with the team. And see, the enemy wants us to be isolated, to get us discouraged, uh, being left alone. But God wants us to have our role be a part of people, that we are better together, that we could do ministry together. And I'm, I'm so glad that even this last week, as I was discouraged and talking through things, that I was able to reach out to people, to have them encourage me, to remind me of God's truth. And that's the benefit of being a part of a team, that you get to do things um, 
together and be able to serve Jesus together. It's just a privilege. And so I want to focus on teamwork the next few episodes and make sure we're fostering community, talking about it. Not this maverick faith, but a, a faith by many others. And we want to pass our faith on to other people as well. And so on the next episode, we'll, we're going to have a, a guy that I really love, Peyton Jones, be sharing on teamwork. This guy is continually poured into church leaders, church planners. Uh, he has a great podcast called Church Planner Podcast. He wrote a great book called Church Zero. Uh, it's about working as a team, a team approach. And so I just asked him to speak about teamwork, and he actually just recorded some fresh content on this subject. So he sent me this exclusive video to share with you and this community just about strike teams and the importance of teamwork. And so until next time, I just want to encourage you, keep on taking steps of faith. Don't give up. We're praying for you, and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.